0: who will go with me and moving on. Once again, I'm such a nice guy, but this morning I'll put my finger in your face, just quickly, and suggest to you and I that the beginning of the year is a great time to move on. Uh, Mike's over there. Do you just help Daphne there, Mike? Please, thanks. Perhaps it's time... For you to move on, Dave Ramsey says, "Adults devise a plan and stick to it. Children do whatever feels good in the moment." I was telling to one of my children the other day, and I said, "Please do this." And they said, "I don't feel like it." I said, "I quoted Dave Ramsey because they know him in our house." And they said, "Yeah, but it doesn't feel good." I said, "Exactly, right?" So we're going to use. Our friend, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Gee, I have this on. How can I not notice a Kit Kat and a pen and a little card on my pulpits? So uh, do you know that part of our community outreach, every Monday night we have a, a drug addict support group that meets here at Grace Cove. The cool thing is we started them out. Uh, they, they work with both the, the addicts and the supporters of the addicts, family members and friends. It's an amazing thing. I don't know of another one like this. And we can really recommend it. Honestly, it's it's an amazing ministry. They have uh, meetings all over uh, as well. The Pretoria one meets here. They started out in the cafe and in room three and four, I think it was, Lily. And they outgrew it promptly. So now they meet in the auditorium and the cafe. And uh, I was with them a couple of, at the end of last year, man, even the cafe is jam-packed. And so what we want to do is we don't just want to make a space available to these people, but we want them to know that there is a church of believing people that are for them we want to know that we want them to know that they back them so either tomorrow night or next Monday night i'm going to be going over there and we have these little gifts to say this church whether you like it or not is praying for you and uh, we are uh, yelling encouragements from the sideline and we'll do that once in a while so maybe you want to get involved maybe you say man i'd like to just touch base get to know what's going on then just let me know after the meeting and uh, it be great to have some friends to go along. It's very simple. It'll take like half an hour, Max. We just want to say, man, we like you. And uh, we want to do our little bit to encourage you. Sound good? All right. So moving on. You can turn with me in your Bible to Exodus chapter 3. Right in the Old Testament. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. All right. Second book of the Bible. Exodus chapter 3. And Moses is our friend that's helping us. You can also put your finger in Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Bible, Uh, is it? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And um, you can put your finger in both those places. And so I'm contending this morning and suggesting that there are some areas that in your life and mine that we need to move on. We need to move on. If you are over-familiar with the scenery the Israelites could have taken 11 days. It turned into a 40-year 40 40 journey. They, God, and we'll read it now. But maybe you've been around in circles too many times. God's saying to you, maybe He's saying to you, today, draw a line in the sand. Today is my day to move on. I'm going to be incredibly practical, hopefully, this morning. Uh, I almost feel like I need to apologize. I'm going to be so practical. But I can guarantee Three Januarys ago, we were we had a certain January. Two Januarys ago, we were better off than the previous January. This January, man, very different. This is some practical things you and I can change our lives. You can move on if you wanna. If you wanna. All right, Uh, Exodus chapter three. Moses sees this burning bush, and God calls him to be the rescuer of his people, to lead his people, Israel, out of captivity with the Egyptians and towards the promised land. Um, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. And I've heard them crying because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. God goes on to put Moses at the top of the list. This is how I'm going to do it. And then uh, if you now get to Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 1, if you were here last week, you would have heard that Deuteronomy is the Star Wars book of the Bible. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can have a, look at, you can have a listen to the podcast. It'll make perfect sense. And then us kind of clever spiritual people in the know. We can look at each other and like, we'll be cool. And so God says to the Israelites, he brings them, um, under Moses' leadership, he brings them to the Jordan River. On the other side is the promised land. And we can read here verse verse 2. It tells us it takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. Verse 3 says, In the 40th year, on the first month, Joseph Moses proclaimed this to them. And so God had brought them out of captivity to the uh, uh, uh border of the promised land. And instead, we spoke about this last week, I won't speak too much. Instead of going over, they took a slight detour, and what could have taken eleven days took 40 years. Who's over 40? Who's over 40? Why is everyone grimace? Hey, <laughs> it's like no no Trust me, once you get beyond a certain number, people can guess. I won't tell you what number that is. Uh Today, there's another birthday today, but we'll pick on Siamo deacon in the church. I won't tell you because it's not right for a gentleman to tell a lady's age, but it's a milestone age this week. If you have a, cell, have a number on your cell phone, are you proud to tell? Hey, you look like you look. She, she's not here, just had a baby, we're giving her some grace, and she's had a birthday, how about that? So if you have her cell number, or even while I'm preaching, it's fine, because you're going to take notes this morning, and so just send her, hey, happy, 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 all right? Just say how many candles on the cake, Craig won't tell us, God bless you, all right. If you're over 40, and so here the Israelites have come, they've had their chance, and they went another way. They weren't brave enough to pass over the the border into the promised land. And now they come back 40 years later. So a lot of Deuteronomy is in past tense because Moses is reminding them what happened 40 years ago. So if you're over 40, your chances are you can remember certain things from 40 years ago. If you're under 40, I hope you should remember something of 11 days ago. And can I just suggest to you this morning that maybe God has spoken something to you whether it's 11 days or 40 years or anything in between. And you and I took a short left instead of going over. Instead of moving on, we got distracted. And this is my contention this morning. God gave them very graciously a pillar, pillar of cloud in the day, a pillar of fire at night, His presence with them. Remember we've spoken about who will go with me, not what will we do. Let's look at the, sermon tit- the, the, the series title. It's not what will we do. It's who will go with us. It's the who before the do. But once we know who's with us, He wants to take us somewhere. He doesn't just want to leave us in our misery in the same place. Someone said, God loves me. How does it work? God loves me. Loves me the way I am, but He loves me too much to leave me like that. Yes. He wants, once He, once He's with me, He wants to take me somewhere. And I'm saying, let's draw some lines in the sand. Let's commit to moving on. And so in verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 1, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb 40 years ago, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. And so on and so on. And so here we are today speaking again. Who is with us? Move on. I asked you last week, I asked you last week, we said the type of person that moves on is a faithful person. A flexible person, remember? A focused person and a faithful person. And I asked you to spend this last week giving some thought with the Lord at what He would like you to focus on. Focus is a lovely acronym for follow one course until success. You know what's amazing to me? Most of us, we get a in our bonnet and we try and change everything at once. We focus on everything, and is it interesting we get nothing done? Now, you still got to wake up in the morning and make breakfast for your family if you're part of the family. you still got to get to work on time. Would your boss be interested if you said to him, Listen, I'm just taking the next three weeks off because I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to focus on myself, not work. Does your boss care? You have your crisis on your own time, right? That's like up to you. I want you to smile when you come to work. Yeah? And so you also can't say to the bank, I just won't make any payments anymore because, you know, I'm, I'm making some holiday savings. They're not interested in that. So you've got to keep the basics going, but then choose where you will put your extra focus. And I asked you last week to write it down. Who wrote it down? I'm practicing. Oh, thank you. One, two, check. So, ladies. gents, come on. Come now. I know, like, writing is hard, but come now. Like, Tell your wife she'll write it down for you. <laughs> You see, I'll tell you why writing down is important. So I'm asking you, notepad, phone. If you have to SMS yourself with the leaders yesterday, I said, I want some answers while I'm talking. Send me a WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> it might just help. You need to have every time you look at your phone, it's like that's where it is. Maybe you need like a cryptic clue so that not everyone else knows what your, what your focus area is. You know, Just put an ice cream on your phone screensaver and then we'll all know. Focusing on getting healthy. 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 2, please. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Give you a moment to turn there. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, it's kind of in the middle of the New Testament. And uh, believe it or not, 2 Timothy is right after 1 Timothy. Okay, just so that you, I suppose I should stop talking and find it myself. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. If you've stumbled onto Hebrews, just go back a, a page or two. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people, good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Rather, he tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for, uh, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. So Hilton, I've... There you go, check it That Isn't it amazing? Wouldn't you like it if God gave us some easier examples? Wouldn't it be nice if God said... The well-meaning cut potato will also be blessed. Would't that be cool? The person with good intentions will reap a reward. That's the Bible I would love to read. Now you can see why the Lord didn't let me write the Bible. Wouldn't that be nice? The person that thought of praying, wondered about reading the Bible, was um, you know, uh, thinking nice things about someone that they never said anything to. That person will be, no, God doesn't say that. He speaks about three people, three kinds of people. First of all, a soldier, and a soldier puts on a uniform. And when you're in full kit, like you can see that guy, when you're in full kit, you are carrying a heavy load. Your What you wear is there for your protection. It gives you an identity. It makes sure that you're shooting at the right people if you're in a war situation. Not only that, but it shows your rank. It shows where you sit and what your, your purpose in amongst all those others, is there to do. And remember, a soldier is under orders. No soldier wakes up in the morning when he feels like it, in the place he feels or she feels like it. No soldier decides at the spur of the moment how they're going to approach the battle. Am I right? You notice the Bible doesn't say, oh, the person who feels like making it up as they go along. No, the soldier who receives orders? Who, if he doesn't or she doesn't listen, there's trouble. Notice the language. That's second one is a farmer. Now, when a farmer dresses up, have you noticed? Do you know any farmers? My uncle used to farm as a family when we still had money in the olden days. The whole, all the cousins and uncles and aunties would go to the farm because they had the biggest house. I remember those days, right? I remember up early, yeah, it was dark. Farmer goes out. Remember. Farmer, you know when a farmer dresses up. Have you you seen a smartly dressed farmer? Then he wears two tones of khaki. You know those farmers in the free state. You know how you know when it's middle of winter and it's like really cold? Because that's when the farmers wear two pairs of khaki pants. Like short pants. Anyway. Farmers are far more concerned about function than form. doesn't have to look nice as long as it does the job. Yeah? Doesn't have to be the prettiest car. The one that's important is one that gives the most milk or the most calves, right? Function is important. It's like I'm here to do a job, not just to look pretty, stand around, and ooh and ah. Farmers are hardworking. You, I tell you, <laughs> if there's a farmer that's not hardworking, he goes bankrupt quickly, and then he's not a farmer anymore. The only farmers I know that are still farming are jolly hardworking. Notice, interestingly, with a farmer, the season determines the activity. The season determines activity. A farmer can choose, like, I feel like sowing today. And if it's harvest season, if it's winter, you can sow as much as you feel like. It's going to do nothing. It's going to make you bankrupt. The season determines what the farmer does. I think we should be more like a farmer. And the season determines what the farmer likes. And then, man, no farmer is not constantly looking for good results. For me, grass is the thing. And so over the years... And when I'm on the phone, I'm being dead serious. This for me is a matter of faith. When I'm on the phone, I'm walking around. I'm, there's a little shoot. Come on, little you, buddy, you can do it. And we're constantly getting Solly and Richard and everyone to fertilize and to help us, help that man. I want to know that there's results. I want to see that patch of dirt is getting smaller and the patch of grass is getting bigger. I want to see it. Then in Easter, when we have the, the, the um, outdoor movie, you can sit on a nice tuft of grass. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. The farmer watches... For results, if it, if there's no results, Christmas turkey, right? You don't keep that turkey around if he's not making results. The athlete, the athlete takes off the bulky clothes. The farmer puts them, the the soldier puts them on. The athlete takes them off. You know what I find interesting? You know in that you know what a tracksuit is? It's a bit of an old-fashioned term. A tracksuit. It's a thing you wear and then take off and then run on the track. It's like, the tracksuit is what you wear in the, in the grandstands. Not what you wear on the track. I don't know, anyway. Um, you know that athletes don't win by accident? Did any, <laughs> did any guy like get up, like, oh, I think I'll, will run the comrades today? Like I think so. Maybe I can borrow my neighbor's pants and, you know, run in slops. Me and my pluckies and we'll get there eventually and, gee, I won! Wow, that's amazing, said no one any anywhere, right? What about a millionaire? Like, <laughs> I just like became a millionaire. It's wonderful. I wish, right? You don't win by accident. Every athlete, you ask them what's your next competition, they'll tell you what it is, and you say, So what are you hoping to do? This is my time. I'm going for this time. Hmm. No one like, yeah, I hope I make it. No. I have an expectation. I've trained. I know what I can do. Uh, I've rested. I've I've worked. I've done all this. I'm expecting this result. Athlete listens to the coach. Listens to the coach. You don't do what you want to do. You listen to the coach. You listen to the coach. Yeah? Finally, you submit to the rules. You notice how every one of these are like contrary to the heart of man. (laughs) If you don't you, you can run the race if you don't run by the rules, you don't get the price. That's what the Bible says. I mean how often, regularly we have these fancy sportsmen and then they get dope tested. And there's like, ah oh, I had some cough mixture, but there's wrong ingredient in there. Like whether that's true or not, it's like, well sorry, the rules broke. Whether you're telling the truth, sorry, no, give us back the the price. I heard the other day they're going, like, back in history, they found some, some evidence that someone years ago did something. I was like, actually, you know that, that thing that's been sitting on your mantelpiece and, and gathering dust? Like, we'll have it back. And we like, now the guy that was second is suddenly the winner ten years later or something. Like, talk about an anticlimax. You get my point? Soldier, under orders. Farmer, fits with the season, checks for results. Athlete, lives a certain way. Athletes make terrible friends because when you want to go watch a movie at 10 o'clock, they're fast asleep. Yeah? Okay. So let's dream together a little bit quickly. Let's dream together. I'm not good at coming up with these fancy slogans for every year, you know. So we asked the elders and the deacons and the life group leaders yesterday, hey, we had some good ones. Someone that will remain anonymous. They were like, so what are we trusting God for? Hey, 20 plenty. Sound good? Like I'll have that one, please. Hey, what do you think, Savello? Hey? Someone else said, 2020 visions, like 2020, I've got no no glasses. Like, yeah, actually, very clever. Hey? I wasn't nearly as good as any of them. Yeah, but let's dream. It's beginning of a year, beginning of a decade. Imagine if I had a clean whiteboard, a, a whiteboard your life. If you had nothing written down, what would you want to see happen this year? If you could choose anything. Dr. Zeus says, Oh, the places we could go. If there was no pressure on you, if you could choose anything, what would it be? The king and I said, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, you're not going to have a dream come true. Makes sense? If you could dream a little, if I had no limitations, what would I be doing now? What do you want to do with this year? What do you want to do this year? Thanks, Hilton. And then, what would have to be true for that to be the case? This year, I want to learn to bake a cake. That's cool. I'm glad. What would have to be true for that to happen? This year, I want to have better friends. This year, I want to lose weight. This year, I want to fly a kite. Whatever it might be, what would need to be true for that to happen? What would need to be true? What will you have to start doing? What will you have to stop doing? And so on. And so on. So let's talk. I've just got two practical areas that I want to talk about this morning. Let's talk about some successful goals. Remember we said who before the do. So once we're walking with Jesus, then let's actually not be vague and wander around and stumble around for 40 years in the desert. If they just took out the 11-day the map, they would have, okay, this is the goal, this place, that place, that place, and I'm there. Instead, they wandered around with no clue And can I just suggest, let's look back for last year. How was your last year? Did you follow a map or did you wander around? I'm guessing you probably started this time last year with with something of an idea and then we wandered. Got to have a goal. Um, JP asked me in the first meeting, give me a um, definition for salvation. I said for me every time. It's the guy on holiday gets in the sea. He gets taken out too deep. He can't swim. As he's going under the water, he puts his hand up. The lifeguard sees him. Torpedo boy, that yellow plastic thing, swims out. Just before he goes under the waves, he catches him, puts the boy around him, swims him back to the sea, and he lives. He lives. Isn't that amazing? What would have to be true for you not just to repeat again and again, but to have a sense of purpose, not to feel like we're drowning not to feel like we're overwhelmed. What would need to be true? I would suggest there's some things that we still need to keep doing, feeding the dog, (laughs) watering the grass, paying the bills. But this morning, I'm going to give you some very practical ways to just set it up that if you stick to the plan, you could be better off. I'm aiming for more than 10% next January, please. Okay, let's go. So what are successful goals? Thanks, Hilton. Number one, successful goals are specific. They're specific. Have you ever said this year I'm going to be fitter? I'm going to be less stressed. I'm going to be more healthy. I'm going to be more spiritual. Have you ever said something like that at the beginning of a year? I want to say it's worthless. Because how do I know when I'm more healthy? How do I know when I'm fitter? It's like, maybe I can huff and puff less, but these are so vague. They they need to be specific. You see, vague goals actually entrench our lack of progress and normally only result in complaint. I've met people, as long as I've known them, they've complained how unfit they are. Now, forgive me if you're unfit, I'm not bagging you. But whatever it is, as long as I oh man, my curly hair. Now, I don't know what you can do about your straight or curly hair. We'll just put the curly and the straight hair people together because everyone wants the opposite, right? And you ended up complaining instead of doing. Yeah? And so vague goals don't get you anywhere other than complaining. Oh, anyway, okay. So, <laughs> instead of saying the vague things, you should be asking, how much, how many, what size, what color, when? You say, how will I know? Yeah, <laughs> Do you know that in December, Colette and I celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary? Nah. I knew her for four years before that. We've known each other a while, yeah. When I prayed that God would provide me with then a girlfriend, I didn't just pray for anyone. Oh Lord, this like a female will be fine. <laughs> no young man, just pray. Look, anyone will do. You know, just like Lord, send me someone. It's a silly prayer to pray. I was like, actually, there's clearly one for me, yeah? Because how will you know when you're there? How will you know? (laughs) How much? How many? What size? What is it? Maybe it's like some specific goals. Maybe instead of saying, oh, I want to get home, like I want to spend less time at work. Anyone said that this year? This year, 2020, I want to spend less time at work. Me too. Yeah? Yeah? This year, less what does that mean? How will you know when you get there? A feeling? How about saying, I want to get home at this time, this many days a week. Because then you'll know. I got it right this week. I didn't get it right last week. I'm not saying what that time is or how many times. I'm still suggesting if you have a specific goal, you'll know if you hit it or not. Aim at nothing, you hit it every time. How about, man, I want to be fitter. Hmm. Rather, I want to do this kind of exercise at this kind of place on these days in the week for this much time. You understand? Specific goals. What about I want to play the piano? (laughs) It'll be wonderful. How about rather saying, at this occasion, I'm going to play this song and these are the people that are going to listen to me. You see the difference? All of a sudden, there's a little bit of power there, right? I want to be more spiritual. We'll talk about that just now. So first of all, they've got to be specific. The second measurable, I've said a lot around that already. Hey? So how do you know when you get there? Healthier is not the goal. X, Y, and Z. A measurable goal. You know, when you have a baby, they measure it all the time. Yeah? When you have a baby, they want to... How many times has your baby been measured and it's like three weeks later? Many times. How much does it weigh? How long is it? Is it longer or shorter than last week? I don't know if they can get shorter. Is it heavier? Is it lighter? If there's a problem, they measure it more often. I'm just suggesting if you and I have a problem, maybe we need to get some measurements more often. Okay? Number three, it has to be your own goal. has to be your own goal. If you're getting any changes for someone else, it's not going to work. can't live your parents' life. You can't live yourself through your kid. If you didn't make the springboks, please don't try and get your kid to be a springbok. Your own goal. Tyron Daniel says God. Lo- he knows three things. God loves you, excuse me, the devil hates you, and everyone has a plan for your life. Has to be your own goal. Number four, it has to have a time limit. You see, one day, one day is one day, right? One day is one day. One day is not a plan. One day when, I, when my ship comes in. One day. It's not a plan. It's not even a pipe dream. It's, I like to dream. <laughs> how will you know when you get there? How, when's the finish line? We've told our kids their whole lives. How do you eat How do you eat an elephant? Yes, we eat funny things at our house. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you know? So maybe, it has to have a time limit. How do I know? Am I closer? Am I halfway? <laughs> you know, you can be halfway through the time period and a quarter away through the gain, and you're in trouble, right? How do I know when I'm a quarter of the way there? So perhaps, instead of saying, man, my goal is to have a nice house. Anyone like a nice house? Hopefully the one that you have is pretty nice. Yeah? Who would like to have a nice house? Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Maybe what we should rather say is, next weekend, we will paint the lounge. You understand? Or, for the next three months... I'm going to save a thousand rand a month and then in three months' time, beginning of April, I'm going to go and buy three thousand rands worth of lawn and I'm going to put it in the front yard. You hear my point? If you come to my car, I've got some grass you can have cheap. The last one is it has to be written down. Has to be written down. Has to be written down. (laughs) Has to be written down. If you come to the, I've, I've minimized because now we live off devices. But I always used to write stuff and stick it on the wall. Uh, I'm visual. Trust in God, John. You'll see what it is. It has to be written down. It has to be written down. Um, the financial peace process. Uh, is partly about getting out of debt. And so you remember those, those Christmas paper chains that you make? Yeah? Anyone make those Christmas decorations? You have a piece of paper, you loop it, you stick it together, the next one, you clip it, your next one, your next one. So these guys, they come up with this idea that each link is a thousand dollars. I don't know what that means in our world, a thousand dollars. And I heard this one couple on YouTube, uh, doing their debt-free scream. And, uh, they said, man, we, we figured out how much we owed. We made one of those trains, a thousand dollars for each link. And they said, yo, they got shocked how long it was. And so they took it, they put it in their lounge, and it went up over the curtain and down this side and around the other curtain, three times around the picture frame, over the cut and out the door. And you know what happens when people come and visit? They're like, what's all this? It's like Christmas is over. It's like, you must put your decorations away. But then every time they pay back a grand, snip. Get the point? It's got to be written down. Got to be written down. Okay, you got it? It's so a specific, measurable, your own time limit written down. Is it practical enough for you? Okay, last, the, the second thing that I want to tell you this morning. So, once we've got successful goals, the second thing I want to talk about is what's called uh, Zig Ziglar. He was a great motivational guy. Uh, he worked in sales and, uh, it's just interesting. His first book, "See You at the Top," was published in 1975. It's still on sale today. Do you know that he was turned down 39 times? 39 publishers turned him down to publish that book. I'm telling you, number 40 made a good choice, right? Yeah. So he's a he's an interesting guy. He had this thing called the Wheel of Life. It's not dodgy. It's not mystical. I promise. It's just a way to check whether you got a wobbly wheel in your life or not. So you take a circle, you take a bicycle wheel or a car tire, however you want to think. You divide it into segments, and each segment you range between zero and one, and zero and ten. And you just give it some thought, and you say, "So where am I? Am I in this segment? That person's happened to be career, um, finances, family, social. I've got, I've got some that I'll tell you about in a minute. But the idea is, you just rate yourself. You might want to colour it in, and then when you have a bird's eye view, you see where the the graph goes, and you can see whether this wheel's going to roll or whether it's going to wobble and bounce and get ground, and and then you. So, my suggestions to us this morning is, if you just do this exercise, it'll help you to know where do I focus, where do I put all my energy on one thing until I get it right. So, the next one you might come up with something like this. So, there you go. Good excuse to get pizza, so you can have the box, however it goes. So the wheel of life looks like this. Let's look in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. It says, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. I would suggest to us, thanks, I would suggest to us that you and I should be running in such a way, not just running higgledy-piggledy, running in such a way that we get the prize. So what are my goals? I would be asking you in your notes if you can 't write draw a circle and color it in then just one to ten make it make it binary one to ten. What are my goals financially? How am I doing financially? How am I doing financially? January <laughs> lower down okay, middle how am I doing financially? I want to tell you things I want to tell you as we advertised earlier we 're running this uh, Financial Peace University, towards the end of Feb, you know, someone told me they did financial peace. They said, you know, it fixed my money, but it fixed my family, it fixed my kids, it fixed the way I think about life. If you haven't done financial peace, I really want to encourage you to do so. I won't ask you to put up your hand, but would you just think for a moment, am I making payments, monthly payments, on something that's not my house or my car? You might want to write down how many payments. I won't ask you. Maybe you want to say I have one payment, ten payments. Too many to know. I make payments when they chase me. Am I making? Wouldn't it be cool if I had no payments? You know, how rich you'd be. You know how much money you'd have if you had no payments? Financial goals. What are your financial goals? Not I want to be richer. <laughs> Not I want to have money when I want to spend. No, no, no. In this amount of time, I specifically want to reach this financial goal, and this is how I'm going to get there, right? Number two, what about intellectual goals? Am I, in, am I developing intellectually? When was the last time you learned a new trick? They're not here this morning, and I won't tell you their name, but you know, uh, 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 <laughs> one of the men in Grace Cove told me the other day the, about a childhood memory. They didn't have the money for him to do a certain thing. <laughs> now that he's around my age, he's like, I've got the money, I'm going to do it. Everyone laughs at me, but I'm going to do, I'm gonna re- they say it's never too late to have a happy childhood, right? Yeah? It's like, when last did you learn a new skill? When last did you learn something new? Are you better at your hobby, your job, area of interest in this year than you were last year? You know, the average millionaire, they say reads a non-fiction book a month, and cares very little about TV. They don't know who's voting who off the island, and they don't know who the Kardashians are. Yeah? How are your intellectual goals? Are you thriving? Man, these days we've got so many ways to improve ourselves, right? Um, number three is family goals. Family goals. I don't think anyone who isn't part of a family, which is everyone, would be saying, I wish my family was happier. I wish I had a happier family, my household. <laughs> in the old days, I'm laughing, like in the 80s, uh, peace in the home was quite popular. Do you know what anyone know? It? Grass. And uh, if you looked after it, it grew and it went over the edge of the pot and it was wonderful. And everyone went in, and like, if you went into someone's house and they had peace in the home and it was, like, dead, then everyone would say, oh, shame. There's clearly no peace in this home. It's like the atmosphere killed the plant. Maybe you want to say, but you know what, just having a happier family, what, how, do, how do I know when I'm happier than I was previously? How do I get there? What's the, what's the route to happier? Well, maybe rather when it comes to family, we should be saying, how many times will we take a walk together? <laughs> I said to a lady here at Grace Cup this week, man, there's something supernatural about a good spiritual walk. Maybe we want to be saying, how many dinners at the table will we have in a a week? One of the things my family likes to do is come afternoon tea time. A warm drink and a biscuit is incredibly spiritual when the family sits together. Just having a happier family is a very vague goal. How about this Talking about family goals. How about this? What about something so big it will take significant sacrifice to get it done? How about something so big you think this is almost impossible? I don't know how we can do it. How do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Now last year, Colette and I ministered in Europe for a number of weeks and someone challenged us to bring our kids. We picked up flak for it. People said to me, huh, Nice. Bumped into some strangers. They're like, oh, where are you going? Uh, like, really? Huh? Are you one of those takes your kids on international holidays? Huh? But you see, no one no one sees the zero Christmas present. No one sees the no Christmas holidays. No one sees takeaways are a foreign concept. No one sees strangers living in our house. We rented our house at Airbnb. <laughs> the kids slept on my children, now, they're not here in this meeting, so I'll say a little bit more than last time. You know, my, my children, almost 18-year-old boy, 14-year-old girl, they shared a couch for two weeks. I think in the whole time, they didn't have their own bedroom. You see? What would it take, what needs to be true to reach a goal that is almost impossible? As a family... Could you imagine doing something so dramatic that it would freak your being? So what do you have to do to get there? What about spiritual goals? We, we're in church. Let's talk spiritual, shall we? <laughs> have you said this year, oh, I want to be closer to God? Anyone said that? This year, I want to be closer to God. <laughs> so what does that mean? So, Bello, are you going to come tell me I'm now closer to God? I, I have got to closer to God. Like, what is it? How do you know? Because you know what the funniest thing is, sometimes when you're really close to God, it's tougher than when you're far mm. from God. It's like how do you how do you like measure like now? A.W. Tozer said this: "Whatever keeps me from my Bible is my enemy, no matter how harmless it may appear to be." Maybe you need to get a more uncomfortable bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this. One of the guys in the, in, in the prayer meeting this morning told me that God's challenged him to read his Bible. So he says, So he's waking up early, one o'clock in the morning before work, whatever, reading his Bible. He says, You know, the amazing thing is when you read your Bible regularly, it sparks conversation. He's <laughs> like, This is amazing. And then he was like telling us all these like, funny things he found in the Bible. It was great. Getting closer to God is noble, but it's not a plan. How about this year I want to lead a life group? This year I want to host a life group. This year, I want to go to a life group. How about instead of this year, I want to pray more. How about this year, I'm going to go to Grace United. This year, I'm going to pray at this time on these days. How about this year, I'm going to read X amount of my Bible on these days. These are the targets. Man, you, version, there's so many ways to read your Bible, right? Oh, dear. How about this week? This How about this year? I'm going to enter into a disciple relationship with a friend. This year, I'm going to have coffee with the same person every week and tell them something important. How about this year? I'm going to remember my friend's struggles and pray for them and ask them how they're doing. You see, my spiritual goals aren't just vague. They can be very specific. Some of the guys here at Grace Cove use the church calendar as their prayer journal. Yeah, I regularly get an SMS. Yesterday, we had the, the, the leaders planning. Yesterday, on my way into the meeting, I'm like, have a great leaders meeting. I'm praying for it. So instead of saying, I want to pray more, it's like, maybe I should use a calendar. Every time someone I know's birthday, I'm going to pray for them. You understand the point? Let me give you a little example. A friend of mine at the beginning of the year phoned me up. And he said, Craig, we're doing this thing where we're getting a couple of people to pray for us every week, would you be willing to commit to three minutes or less of prayer for me a week? Three minutes. It's like, can I have three minutes of your life? It's like, really, how do you say no? I mean, really. But how many of us have prayed regularly three minutes for someone? I'm asking. Yeah? So you know what I've done? I've picked a day of the week with the first letter, the same as the first letter of His name. I put it in my diary. Friday morning at 8 o'clock, I get a reminder on my, on my phone, on my calendar. It's an appointment in my calendar, three minute appointment. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I pray. When I pray, I trust God to give me something prophetic. If I do, great, I send it to him. If I don't, I just send him an SMS and say, I prayed for this this morning. Boom, boom, boom. It's changed the way I pray. Now, all of a sudden, when I'm done that, I'm like, okay, so who else is next? <laughs> yeah. Spiritual goals, career goals. Career goals. Do you love your job? If not, what are you doing about it? (laughs) How many of us go through the motions year in and year out for 40-something years and then retire, finally? Well, how about our career goals? Does my career serve the call of God in my life? Maybe it's time to start planning an encore career, next career. The last one is social goals. Social goals. so easy to complain, I don't have any friends. No one invites me to their house. Well, when last did you invite someone to your house? Do you remember who was the last person or people you had at your house for dinner? Do you remember? Maybe it's time just to make some social goals. Do you remember when last you spoke to your neighbor across the fence? Maybe it's time to say, hey, once a week I'm going (laughs) to let you into my world a little bit. Every Tuesday morning, I leave home and I drive here to the office at a certain time. Whether I feel like it or not, some days it's way more hassle than others. I go to my speed dial. There's a number I phone. I make a phone call every Tuesday morning on the way to work. Same person every Tuesday morning. You see? Social goal. How are you doing? If you had to chart all of these? Financial? Intellectual? I don't know. Look at your wheel. Is it wobbly? Has it got a flat spot? Has it got one spike and you're pole vaulting every time the wheel? I've got to keep doing the minimum. I've got to keep the lights on. I've got to keep the wheel turning. But I'm going to focus some energy on this area this year. And how will I know? Because it equals this, this often, which gives me that, which looks like this. Write it down. Tell a friend. (laughs) You see this morning, what have I done? I've told you my stories. Now all of you I'm going to say, hey Craig, how was Friday's prayer? I'm like, oh, I forgot. We had a break in here. They didn't steal anything. We had a break in here on Friday morning. Saturday morning I realized I missed my prayer. I quickly prayed on Saturday. You ready? You ready? Man, we know who goes with us, but it's time to move on. Let's pray. Father, Oh, your Bible tells us that you're in the process of making us more like you, which looks like a whole bunch of things. So, Father, as you looked into some practical stuff, soldier, the farmer, the athlete, help us to be like those. Lord, I pray that you'd give us insight into the specifics that we can do in response to you being with us. That, Father, next year this time, we'd be able to say I'm better off this January. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Some tea and coffee in the Courtyard.